Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. And when I was there, I'm in the Jeep. It's a it's a Land Rover with no brakes. You had to use the emergency brake. It's just the way we did. If you ever saw the movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy, it's just the same way. But anyway, we're driving, we're going out there. And he goes, I might tonight. If you get something that looks like an onion ring on your plate, you're the guest of honor. And I said, oh, is it an onion ring? He goes, no, it's the tail of the dog you're eating. And I said, oh, no. Um, by the way, when you pray over your food, it isn't, oh, Lord, thank you for this food. In Jesus' name. You're going, oh, God, I don't know what this is. Well, I just pray it doesn't kill me when I eat it. And, of course, the old missionary prayer, I'll, I'll, I'll eat it up. I'll, I'll swallow it down. I'll, I'll eat it up. You keep it down. Um, but so we get there. And, and, and it's kind of a smorgasbord kind of thing. There's plates on a, on a, on a stump and, and everything like that. And I go, I'd like to wash my hands. Hey, Mike, there's no water out here. And I, I said, but I want to wash my hands. He goes, none of these people are washing their hands either. And I said, oh no. That wasn't the bad part. It's when we came to the mashed potatoes. Here's your banana leaf. They reached in with their hand. Hmm. They reached back. It brought a new level to double dipping. <laughs> and let me tell you, whatever diseases anybody in that group had, you have now been exposed to. Now imagine a, a tremendous uh, a prejudice against a group of people. And Jesus, being a Jewish person, says to a woman, I'll share the cup that you have that you're drawing water out of. Wow. That's really something. Because here's what's amazing about this to me. Jesus' lack of not having a cup, a way to draw it, maybe a rope and a bucket or whatever it was to pull the water up, did not stop him from ministering to the woman. What he did not have did not stop him from ministering. Oftentimes today, friends, what we'll find is, God, I will minister for you as soon as I get a new van. You know, God, I'll do something for you as soon as I get that new laptop. Jesus used what he did not have to minister to those who did. Now, friends, this is an important dynamic, by the way, also in business, but we're not going to go into that right now. But the point is, Jesus did not let what he did not have stop him from reaching out to a woman who needed to know who God was. So, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, she said. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, gift, did I hear the word gift? Presence? 
I like presents. Mention that around your kids sometimes. They won't stop bugging you until you give them the present. I think the word present was something that caught her ear. You see, something we all have to remember. Until you come to Christ, there is something lacking in us. And there's always that old tack, you know, the God-shaped void. And we try putting everything we can think of in the world into filling this hole to give us completeness. But what we're looking for is God's divine purpose for our life. We're not a cosmic mistake. Lightning in a swamp, a bunch of squiggly things happened. They crawled out of the swamp and became truck drivers. We are here directly and divinely by God. You're not a cosmic mistake. So then, because of that, because I'm divinely put here, what is my purpose? You can try every purpose you want. If you're not a Christian here today, try anything you want to try. But I guarantee you, until you come to Christ, you'll find whatever that is, non-satisfying. may satisfy for a week, a month, a year, maybe. But until you come to Christ, you have no eternal purpose. I use the illustration over and over again. I use a lot of my illustrations over again. I have a very limited life. But I I don't think anything ever hit me as hard as when I was at a yard sale. Anything in the box for a quarter. And here's a trophy. You know, Magic Valley's fastest sprinter. I thought of the shin splints. I thought of the torn ligaments. I thought of all those things. Only to have your trophy sold for a quarter. Is that what you want at the end of your life? Is the trophy of your life in a box, in a yard sale, for a quarter? Or do you want your life to mean something in eternity? See, that's what God is doing. That's what this book is about. Is it takes our regular life that we see and expands our horizons into eternity to say what we do today has a direct effect on how we're going to live our life tomorrow and forever. So, verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us his well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Now, this is kind of weird because... I don't know what happened here. Uh, Are you greater than our father Jacob? I I don't know what caused the woman to react to Jesus this way, to say, are you greater? Maybe it's because he showed no prejudice towards her. And so by drawing her in and saying, hey, I'll share your, your drinking cup with you. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will come in him, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. In fact, the Bible says, out of your belly shall come rivers of living water. Isn't that great? In other words, there is something in us that generates what we need. You know, there's an old song on the radio, I get by with a little help from my friends. Well, The problem is your friends will let you down. But here's what's great. The Holy Spirit puts His generator in us. I I like it in the Bible, Jesus said to be filled with the Spirit. And uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, go to the upper room, wait, and the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The word for power there in the Greek is the word for dynamo. 
Not dynamite. It's over. But dynamo, like a generator in your car, keeps bringing the battery back up to the voltage it's supposed to be. It keeps keeps going. See, out of your out of your innermost being shall come that dynamic that keeps you going. You ask somebody today, what lights your fire? What keeps you going? What's the purpose of your life? If you don't have that dynamo, that power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to find yourself dry. So notice, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst and have to come in here to draw. By the way, this woman came at noon. We don't know why she came at noon. Usually the time to go was early in the morning or late in the afternoon when it wasn't in the heat of the day. So maybe, well, it just happened to be that way. Maybe that, um, well, as we read on, we're going to find this woman was quite busy. She had been married five times and was shacked up. It may very well be that she was ostracized from her community. And so what was so unusual is not only is somebody that's that's not a Samaritan talking to me, but somebody that's a Jew talking to me. Maybe that's why she thought he was so great is because you didn't care who I was. So, I want some of this water, she says. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Now, there's a lot of discussion on this next verse, whether she was trying to pick up on Jesus or not. You'll see that. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's only speculation. That's just a free one there, but... Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. In that way, you've spoken truly. Now, real quickly here, we don't know what happened to her husbands. I want to be very careful in saying, oh, this woman just had gone through a lot of marriages and divorces, things like that. Don't know. In those days, there was great famine at times, there were wars, there were diseases, And so maybe all of her husbands were legitimate. We don't know. Uh, Many years I've read this, always automatically thinking that that she was the town floozy. But maybe not. But for sure, one of the things, she was shacked up. Jesus said, the one you're with, you're not married to. I like her reaction. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. (laughs) By the way, this is the word of knowledge that Jesus used that God gives as a gift to those who love Him in the New Testament. Not everybody has the same gifts, but sometimes the word of knowledge is really important. God will give that to individually in the body. And by the way, the gifts of the Spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, other places, first, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, it's that the body would operate as if Jesus Himself was here. Not any one person has all the gifts. Now, these are supernatural gifts. You didn't go to school and learn them. And Well, now, over here, when somebody says this, you say this. No, it's not the way it is. It's supernatural. God just gives it. And so because of that, God operates that way. And we see how His Holy Spirit operates. He said, the guy you're with, he's not your husband. She goes, whoa, I perceive you're a prophet. And so... Um, you have said, well, I have no husbands, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have are with now, 
it's not true. And the woman, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Um, this is maybe a little bit of diversion here. Sometimes uh, when a person is under conviction, very well could have been here because of the situation with her living with this guy. She starts talking verbalized religious stuff. Well, they say we should worship over here. and Some say we should worship over here. I like what Jesus said to her. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but worship the Father. You see, people oftentimes look for a place to identify with rather than God. And friends, I always believe that's a troubling thing because we feel that God lives in the building. This morning I thought it was so apropos to be in here rather than somewhere in the main center. What's really amazing to me is God meets you where you are. I like that. Jesus went out of the way to meet this woman at the well. He must go to Samaria. There was no other reason that we find written here that he had to go to Samaria other than to meet this woman. God went out of his way to communicate to her. I love this because it shows me that God will go out of his way to talk to me or talk to you. So he says, worship God. Great wisdom. As a pastor's conference one time, and a guy put up his hand. In fact, we find this worship God is also in the book of Revelation. The angel said, worship God. This guy, John fell down to worship this angel. He said, don't do that. Worship God. And I remember the speaker said, always remember that. Worship God. He is worthy of your worship. Nothing else is. Worship God. Somebody put their hand up and said, well, what else would you worship? And he said, a lot of stupid stuff. True. I remember that. And so, worship God, Jesus tells her to do. Worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. You see, it goes from a locale, a place, to personal. God wants to be the kingdom, to be the king of the kingdom of your heart. You see, what is really cool about that is everywhere then you go, the kingdom of God reigns. Isn't that cool? So Jesus said, marvel not that I say to you that some people say, well, uh, uh, Jesus is there. Or the, uh, the, he said, no, the kingdom comes within you. Yes, there is a kingdom that we're going to go to someday where Jesus reigns supreme. But right now, today, wherever you go, the kingdom of God reigns. Always remember that. You're not an orphan. The devil will come along and try to throw your past at you. Notice that Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went out of his way to talk to a woman who had five husbands, however she got him, with a guy that she was living with, 
to tell her about living water, that something could change in her, that she would never be lost and alone ever again. There would be something that would be in her to do that. God is spirit. Those that worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. That's what touches the heart of God. It isn't mantras and, and, and religious stuff that I may do. Selling flowers in airports. I always use that one because it's so sad because I see things that, that replicate that in today's life. Going door to door and all the religious stuff we do. God just, as, as Wade sang in the, in the band sang earlier, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You're free in Christ. Live like you're free. Don't live like you're in bondage. Your past beating you up. You know, the devil would love to put that ball and chain on every one of us. The things we've done wrong in the past. And notice that Jesus did not hammer her on her past. He acknowledged it. She acknowledged it. And they moved on. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who's called the Christ. And when He comes, He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. At this point, the disciples came and they marveled that He was talking to the woman. Probably for a couple of reasons. First of all, Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. Second of all, men didn't openly talk to women in those days, especially a woman without her husband. And so it says, he marveled, they marveled that he was talking with her. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot. When her way, and she came her way into the city and said to the men, it's weird that she didn't go to the women. Um, there's a little bit here too. We'll look at this real close. Come and see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And literally it says, they, speaking of the men, went out of the city and came to him. I, I often wonder about that. Here's a woman who'd been married five times. She says, come, there's a man outside of town here that's telling uh, me everything I ever did. And I suppose the men go, oh no. <laughs> Run out there, see what's going on. But notice, notice. The woman was touched in her heart. Her immediate response was to go and tell others. Friends, that's the way it is. That's what happens. When we are engaged in God's business, it triggers something within us. And I know in my own personal life, I have lied, in past, I've liked to have made excuses why I can't do something. And, and what God did is the very thing that He didn't have, He used to bank, make conversation with somebody for what they did have. He said, give me a drink. <laughs> you don't have a cup. You don't have any way to draw the water. You see, it didn't stop him. Oh, one other thing. Verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey, told everybody, leave me alone. No, he doesn't say that. He was weary 
and yet he still ministered. He was without, and yet he still ministered. In fact, as I look at this, I see, well, on this Father's Day, the Father of all fathers, how he ministers to us. I think this is a good outline for us dads. You ever get tired being a dad? You ever get frustrated with your kids? You tell them not to do something? My daughter, she was mad. Gave her a yogurt. She pushed it out. And as in her, in her anger, she throws it down and stomps on it with her feet. And you want to kill them. They're drunk, retarded midgets. What is wrong with you? And, and I, I've noticed it's good if you're married that you have a, 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 your spouse will console you. Because, you know, I want to kill her. Well, you know, it's hard to say how juries will look at that nowadays. You know, I mean, (laughs) you know, he was weary, but he kept giving. Dynamo, dynamo. Do you have the Holy Spirit in your life this morning? Or do you feel you're running on empty? You're running dry. You see, God can put in you, not only to relieve you of your past, but also to put in you, which will help others be relieved of theirs. We can't say, well, you know, God, I'd like to do that, but I don't have. Jesus didn't have a cup to draw water in. And yet he used that to reach out and start a conversation with somebody. Sometimes you might think about this. What you don't have in your life today may be the very thing God wants to use to make your voice heard amongst others. Think about that. I always looked at the things I didn't have as, uh, can't do that. God says, no. The things you don't have are as important and great as the things you do. Wow. So what you're saying then is, With God, you don't lose. Exactly. The Bible says, Jesus said, marvel not. He said to Nicodemus in the preceding chapter, I say to you, you must be born again. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, your past is haunting you. This woman was ostracized. She went to the men. She was there at the well at noon. For some reason, she didn't mix well with other people. She was disliked by the Jews. She was disliked by her own. And yet Jesus talked to her and fixed it. God wants to fix that in your life too. If you feel like your past is chasing you this morning, there's freedom here. Just as we sang. If you need to come to Christ this morning, you're you're distant from God. We're going to pray a simple prayer. And you can ask Christ to come into your life. And He will. He'll do exactly as you ask. You see, your past doesn't matter. If you're around a religious person that says, oh, but it does, that person has never met Christ. See, they're trying to be the cop at the accident rather than a paramedic. If you've never received Christ, we're going to pray right now. Repeat this. Mean it from your heart. And God will do what you ask. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to come into my life today. I want my will to be your will. And I want to be about your business. 
I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And His blood covered my sins. And from this day forward, I can live in your freedom and in your purpose. So now fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I'll have this water that comes out of me that not only meets the thirst that I have, but that of others. Fill me now, completely, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.